What does the future look like for the Denver Broncos at the head coaching position? Is there anything that Vic Fangio can do to potentially save his job with three games remaining? Not to mention, we take a look at eliminating some of the needs maybe for the Denver Broncos ahead of the 2022 NFL Draft. A long ways away, but if we had to look at it right now, what would it be? And then, what happened to the Broncos offensive line on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals? And what must they fix before they face Max Crosby and the Las Vegas Raiders? Sarah Benger, myself, we break that down and much more on today's brand new episode Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the End Zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Benger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow and subscribe free and available everywhere you get your podcast to get this show every single day on the road. If you want to watch us, make sure you hit that subscribe button here on YouTube, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Sarah, look, a lot to talk about here today, my friend. We're going to ponder the future of Vic Fangio. Is there anything he can do to potentially save his job? We're going to look ahead of the 2022 NFL draft as it stands today. Any positions the Broncos have to eliminate by now? And we also take a look at the O-line, my friend. I can't wait to break it all down with you. I can't wait too, Cody. It was weird having two games on Monday night, wasn't it? I mean, that was, oh. that was kind of an interest, especially with how brutal Cleveland's roster was. That was uh, that was tough, man. I was I was contemplating in the middle of that game, like, do I just want to turn on some corny Christmas movie at this point? Because uh, this is bad. But, man, uh, it is exciting. We get to talk a little bit about the future. We get to talk a little bit about the more immediate future with this Raiders game coming up. I'm excited for today's episode. I'm excited to get to talk about some of the great questions people sent in. Mailbag time, baby. I know that Broncos going to be sent in some great questions. We didn't get a chance to get to all of them because there's so many. We we probably spent two and a half hours just answering the 17 questions we got. So we kind of formulated our topics based on that for you here today, Broncos country. Let's start things off. We got a lot of questions about the Broncos future at the head coaching position. Obviously, some questions that came in from Metalhead and Jake Shepard. How likely are the Broncos to move on from Vic Fangio here after the 2021 season? We got to look at it from both angles and say, What are your thoughts on it? I don't know. At this point, Cody, it's really tough to say, isn't it? I mean, the Broncos are seven and seven, and and right now the playoffs are still a possibility. Like we like we talked about in previous episodes, don't necessarily want to diminish you know diminish that completely out of the it's out of frame, like we said, but it could still come back into frame. So for Vic Fangio, I think what you have to do is you kind of have to look at both the good and the bad. Like you mentioned, he's done quite a bit of good for the Denver Broncos, especially. If you look at kind of where they were before he got to Denver and where they are now, you know, they're the second best defense in the NFL in terms of points allowed. This is a team that they they're top 10 in the NFL in limiting penalties like they, they don't commit a lot of penalties. So they are disciplined, as Vic Fangio promised that, that they would be. And we're playing meaningful games in December here. So you factor all that stuff in. The Broncos being really, really good on defense. They're you know, limiting penalties and they're relevant in December with a 500 record. That to me, I don't know. I mean, you you couple all those things together and then you could go even deeper into stuff. And I'm sure we will as this conversation becomes even more and more prevalent, Cody. Things like, man, what a great job getting Kareem Jackson to switch positions and really making him a star at the safety spot individual player development I feel like to me if the season was ending right now today I would bring Vic Fangio back if I were George Payton and I would say hey 
here's the here's the condition, right? You have to let me help you pick a new offensive coordinator to get a new quarterback in here and to get a new offensive system in here. I know you want to pick your guys, but if you want to stay on as head coach next season, I feel like we need to change things offensively. We need to change things on special teams. We can't just continually hope that things are going to work themselves out with better personnel because the players are getting better and the team is still making really bad mistakes on a weekly basis. So we got to switch some things up. We see the progress that you're making. I, that's where I'm at with it, Cody. I'm interested to know what your thoughts are from hearing things from players in the locker room. Like, what are you, what are you thinking as far as Vic Fangio's future with this team? Well, I think you make a lot of great points there. And we, I just constantly in our YouTube comment section, I get DMs about it. I get questions about it from fans. Well, why don't the Broncos just make Mike Munchak the head coach and and promote you know him upwards and then sit, make Vic Fangio the defense coordinator, ladies and gentlemen? As a head coach, you are at the top position when you talk about the day-to-day of controlling an NFL franchise with the on-field day-to-day routine practice schedule. That is a leadership position. Nobody, and not even organization. There's no organization that would ever go to a head coach and say, hey, you know, you're not doing a great job as a head coach. Will you like to stay and just be the DC? That is unheard of all right so please broncos country let's get that out of our thought process vic fangio would not take a demotion just to be the dc to let somebody else be the head coach because he for the next three years has been in a position of power and has been in a position where he's had to make decisions that is a whole nother thing that you could potentially run into i i think if anything look I will say this. If the Broncos do move on from Vic Fangio, Sarah, I would love the organization and George Payton to go to Ed Donatel and say, hey, we know you had the title of defensive coordinator. We know Vic called the plays. Would you stay and call the defense here for this Broncos team going into 2022? There's that nature to it. You mentioned the Broncos being a much more disciplined football team as well, not committing as many penalties. I would say for Vic Fangio, I love the points that you made about if you're going to stay on as a head coach, You're going to let me help you pick the OC and special teams coach, and I'm going to have a little bit more input. But you need to be in control of the day-to-day. You need to be that voice and that presence in that locker room. I will say this, though, because as we saw some of the losses that have happened throughout the season, there have been times where players have been very frustrated with the dynamic as to what's going on. There's been some players that have lost some respect for Vic Fangio because of some of the things that he's preached about accountability and him not taking any himself. I will say that is something that is very real, very prominent right now in that Broncos locker room. But for the most part, sir, I think we have to look at it from this standpoint, right? You mentioned a 7-7. Too early to say that he his job is not safe. Too early to say, that okay, it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to be gone. Is there anything that Vic Fangio can do, in your opinion, in these three games that remain, to stay on as the head coach? Also, while factoring, and let's just say that George Payton has that conversation with him, that he's going to pick the next OC and the special teams guy. I think definitely there is something. I think for sure if the Broncos go out and win these final three games, which, of course, everybody in Broncos country is going to be like, there's no way that's happening, but hey – that's why you play the games, right? You got to wait and yep. see what's going to happen. If they go out and they win these last three games, I think it's 100% guaranteed that Vic Fangio will be back. That 10 and 7 record after winning five games last year with a top three defense and you're not three, you know, that's a that's a pretty big deal for a head coach. And I think that the argument could be made, Cody, and I've made this before on this show. And you've made it as well. I think, you know, just both of us are on the same page with this. If you add a stud quarterback to this team right now, that kind of, you know, that kind of friction between the players and and head coach Vic Fangio and accountability and all this, that kind of stuff. I'm not just going to say it'll magically disappear, but 
it might just magically disappear. You know, that, that's one of those <laughs> things that like winning cures everything in the NFL, the, Spot on. the strife, all that stuff. That's, that's what happens when you have a head coach like John Fox, who is ultra conservative, really, you know, kind of like what, what Ron Rivera has been for Washington, I feel like is what John Fox was for the Denver yeah. Broncos in a lot of ways. He wasn't a great coach, but man, he was exactly what that team needed. Just a stable leader of the team to get things back on track, to get the defense back to a respectable place. So many connections around the league. That's what I feel like. I feel like Vic Fangio has a big network in this league, and you can see the evidence of that in his current coaching staff. And George Payton has a massive network in this league. We already know that. So to me, I feel like there's such a good thing going there defensively. If you add a quarterback to this melding pot of what's going on in Denver right now, you are going to get a Super Bowl contender with Vic Fangio as the head coach. That's how I see it. I know a lot of fans on my on my Twitter account were disagreeing with me <laughs> on that yesterday. So that and that's okay. Everybody's entitled yeah. to have their opinion on that. But I just that's the way that I see it. A quarterback does wonders for every coach in this league. Look at Bruce Arians, man. When he lost Andrew Luck in Indianapolis, all of a sudden, you know that. It just wasn't there for him. You know, he didn't have that magic that he initially had when he had Andrew Luck. Now you have, you know, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And now he now Bruce Arians looks like one of the best coaches. He's and he's really the offensive equivalent to Vic Fangio, isn't he? I mean, he he's that guy who didn't get the opportunity till super, super late in his coaching career. So the way that I see it, Cody, you add a quarterback to this mix. Vic Fangio is going to look like an awesome head coach. Everyone's going to be talking about how great his defense is. Everyone's going to be talking about this, that, and the other story of his past, yada, yada, his journey to being a head coach, all because of a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson coming into the fold. You know, that's just how things are in the NFL today. Well, there's one condition, right? If Vic Fangio is back in 2022, whoever is telling him up in the booth to challenge a play, they got to go. Like, sorry. Like, it has been so bad. And look, I, I get it. A lot of people want to pile on Vic Fangio for his challenges, but you got to understand, he's on the field. He's got a headset on, and there's people up in the box saying, Vic, you got to challenge this. And they're they're urging him to. And obviously, there's a time limit between, you know, one play happening and the next. That is on the guys upstairs. Stop getting pissed at Vic Fangio for it. Yes, it ultimately reflects on his challenge record. But for the most part, that's on the coaches upstairs. You need a new coaching guy upstairs. I'll do it. I will gladly do it if the Broncos want to reach out to me. But, Sarah, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk with Broncos country about maybe what is a position the Broncos can eliminate from the 2022 NFL draft needs. We talked about that coming up here in just a moment. Sarah, let me tell Broncos fans about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. They're good friends over there on location, and Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the National Football League is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. You get to select your exact seats, and you get to choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration before Super Bowl with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food that's chefed up by the great Wolfgang Puck. That's a fantastic deal there. You can visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56. Once again, visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 today or search Super Bowl on location. All right, so jumping into the second half action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making this show your first listen of the day, Sarah. When we take a look at this Denver Broncos football team, we see a very talented roster. And we talked about it in yesterday's show, just the job that George Payton has done with this year's NFL draft class already, the impact that those guys are making. And we pondered, 
What might it look like here in 2022 if, in fact, the Broncos have draft picks, really depending on what they do this offseason? But if they do, let's operate under the hypothetical they do keep a lot of their draft picks, which the Broncos will have a wide variety of choices to choose from here. Which position, I mean, can we eliminate right now as a need for this team going to the 2022 NFL draft, which is just, you know, several months away from now? That's a great question. Uh, our good pal, Maddie, Maddie Moles asked that question. So I, I was really, I was really interested by it because it's always tough to eliminate needs at this time of year, right? We don't know exactly yeah. who's going to get re-signed. We don't know exactly who the team is going to sign in free agency, but I do feel like with the current group of guys that's going to be on the roster looking forward to 2022, and and you can tell me if you agree with me or not on this, Cody, I in round one of the NFL draft, like you said, you know, evil, evil scheming fingers with, you know, quarterback trade on the possible horizon here. I would not necessarily draft a running back in the first round. I wouldn't go for a wide receiver in the first round of this year's class in particular. I, I wouldn't go for a tight end. I wouldn't necessarily go for a safety. And I don't know. I don't know about linebacker as well. I'm kind of on the, I'm kind of moving on the train here that says don't draft a linebacker in the first round. But there's a guy out there in Utah, Devin Lloyd, who might change that discussion a little bit if if he's available to the Denver Broncos. But I don't know. Where where are you at with these positions that I just listed, Cody? I think ultimately it's about half the roster that I would say you can kind of stay away from in round one of this in this particular draft class. Well, there's several mock draft simulators out there that have safety listed as a need for the Broncos, which I certainly don't understand considering they went out and they got Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson back to back. Not to mention you have Justin Simmons, you have guys like PJ Locke on loss. I don't, I don't see how safety is a need for this football team. So I think that's a great one. You know, positions that you talked about that can't be eliminated quarterback, offensive tackle, edge rusher, uh, defensive lineman and cornerback. I think cornerback is very interesting, and I'll touch on this briefly. You have expiring deals with Bryce Callahan. You have ex- expiring deals with uh, you know Kyle Fuller. A saying Bassey got picked up by the Los Angeles Chargers uh, after the Broncos had waived him. So you know you lose out on three cornerback options right there potentially. Right, nothing set in stone with Callahan or Fuller just yet. But at that point, let's just operate that those guys aren't back. Who do you have? Well, you do have Ronald Darby, who you signed to a three-year deal. You have Patrick Sertan on a rookie deal. And then outside of that, you got Nate Hairston. And then you have some young guys behind that. So cornerback probably becomes one of the top needs. But then again, people are going to freak out if the Broncos draft another cornerback in round number one of this year's NFL draft. So there is that, or do the Broncos address that in free agency? I mean, there's a lot of questions because obviously the draft happens after that. I do think offensive tackle would be interesting, maybe at right tackle. I saw somebody saying that the Broncos need to upgrade left tackle. Look, Garrett Bowles. He had his worst game, I think, of, of the season the last couple of years, last week against the Bengals, no doubt about it. But after one game, we're already hitting that button, that narrative that the Broncos need to upgrade at left tackle. Come on, let's be serious, folks. I will say, in my opinion, Sarah, I think top priority, outside of quarterback, which I think George Payton is going to go and get a veteran guy, I'm going to go with edge rusher. Look, I, I think that you have Bradley Chubb, who right now is going to be next season, entering a very crucial time of his contract. I mean, the fifth-year option, things like that. Next year is a big year for him. He has to perform. He has to stay healthy if he's going to get another extension to stay with the Broncos. So edge rusher is something you have to, I think, account for in case that does not happen. So there's that dynamic to it. You have Jonathan Cooper, who's going to be a stud. Don't get me wrong, but he's a seventh-round guy. He plays with a high motor. Can he be that starter opposite of Bradley Chubb? What about Malik Reed and his contract that's expiring? I mean, we look at other guys like Andre Mintz. We talk about these undrafted guys. We talk about these lower-level guys that you know we saw really impress in preseason. I don't know if Denver can just bank on having those guys, right? So this is a very deep edge rusher class this season. 
I think the Broncos invest in that. I think that becomes top priority. What are your thoughts on uh, maybe where the higher priority lies with this team? Yeah, interestingly enough, I think as far as the draft goes, I think you're spot on. Edge and defensive line are kind of at my top tier. Right next to them, though, I like nose tackle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nose tackle would be a, a good. The defensive line, you know, guy like. I don't love the idea of this, Cody, but a lot of Broncos fans and, and NFL draft enthusiasts like myself will know Jordan Davis from from Georgia. Just an absolute mountain in the middle of that Georgia defensive line. But you're going to use a first-round pick on a guy that plays roughly 50 to 55% of your snaps defensively. That's, that's a tough pill for me to swallow. A cornerback, on the other hand, that guy is going to play 70, 75, 80% of your snaps right away, as would an edge rusher most likely. So... I feel like those are the two positions that I would zero in on right now because, like you said, those expiring contracts, and then even with Ronald Darby, he's entering year two out of a year three. And we know that any any three-year contracts anymore, unless they're fully guaranteed for like a quarterback or something, any three-year contracts that are signed anymore are basically two-year deals with a team option for a year three. So basically Ronald Darby next season to me is entering into another make or break kind of contract year for the Broncos to decide whether or not to keep him in 2023. So we're getting way down the line there. But to me, Cody, I'm 100% spot on with you on this one. Edge rusher and corner seem to have the biggest you know, potential need when we look ahead to the 2022 draft for sure. Well, Broncos country, let us know what you think. Do you agree with uh, with Sarah and myself, whether it be cornerback, whether it be defensive lineman, whether it be edge rusher, or do you have a different need that you think the Broncos absolutely cannot eliminate ahead of the 2022 NFL draft when we look at this beautiful roster, a playoff roster on paper that we've talked about all season long. They're just missing a quarterback. So if the Broncos do get the quarterback, what becomes the biggest need for them that they have to address? Let us know in the comment section down below here on YouTube or on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Benger of Broncos Country. Coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I, we're going to focus on the Broncos offensive line. What happened on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals and what must they correct ahead of the matchup with the Las Vegas Raiders AFC West Divisional play on the road? We answer that coming up here in just a moment, but before we do that, let me tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Bilt Bar. Ladies and gentlemen, Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. You've heard Sarah and I rave about it countless times here on this podcast because it literally is the healthiest protein bar and it's also the most delicious protein bar that we have ever had because the bars, they're soft, they're easy to chew and they're covered in 100% chocolate. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't get any better than that. They have nine amazing delicious flavors including the occasional limited time flavor and the limited time texture designs like the marshmallow puffs that you can check out at Built.com. There is a flavor for everybody in your family and you need to go check it out at Built.com today and it also gives you that extra fuel that you need to power through your day whether you're getting ready to work out after a workout or if you didn't eat breakfast you need something out the door on the go built bar has you covered 17 grams of protein 130 calories and only four grams of sugar that is tremendous value and obviously with the holiday season with christmas this week make sure you hit up santa and ask him for a box of built bar in your stocking by going to built.com when you go to checkout use promo code lock 15 that's going to get you 15 percent off your next order at built.com once again promo code lock 15 gets you 15 percent off your next order at built.com all right, so we're jumping into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show, making Lockdown Broncos your first listener today. Just a reminder, Spotify has now launched a brand new rating system. So if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, you can now leave us a review. And it would mean the world to Sarah and myself if you love what we talk about every single day. If you could go to Spotify, leave us a five-star review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you have yet to leave a review there. Please go leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you love the show. Enter your Twitter handle. You'll be entered into any future contest 
this giveaway that we do here on the podcast. Appreciate you so much, Broncos country, for making us your daily go-to. Sarah, my friend, look, there's a, a dynamic here that we have to address with this Broncos football team coming into a tough matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders, who barely held on against the Cleveland Browns. I, I think for the Broncos, where they're at on the offensive side of the ball, and we'll talk about a little bit later how, obviously, I think Las Vegas is a house of horrors for Drew Locke on the road. It's going to have to be something he overcomes this week. The offensive line needs a bounce-back game in a big way because Cincinnati Bengals came out and gave the Broncos, I think, the most problems, maybe outside of Baltimore, that we've seen so far this season, and they did it with their size with Trey Hendrickson. Well, you know who compares really well to Trey Hendrickson on the outside? Max Crosby, you know, is also a force. Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, that, that Raiders team is struggling right now. Yes, they're coming off of a win, but they struggled defensively all season long, except for those players. Those two guys have been mainstays for their defense. So in order to understand what you need to fix, what happened? What went wrong? Well, Sarah, I want to go back. I think what the Cincinnati Bengals did is they did a lot of what Tampa Bay did last season, what Kansas City did last season to Lloyd Cushenberry. They targeted the Broncos' second-year player out of LSU by putting a guy in a zero-tech or a one tech slanting across his face and then sending an inside linebacker. I don't know how many times I saw free pressure coming in from the A gap, but also, once again, the issue when we see the Broncos O line struggle, what does it usually lead to? Miscommunication issues. And that is just something that has impacted the Broncos several times this season. They have to get that fixed. Now, the last time the Broncos played the Raiders, man, I was at that game. Max Crosby went off, he had three sacks in that game. And this is going to be another one of those games where the Broncos offensive line has to account for where he's at, where Yannick Ngakwe's at. The defense has to, I mean, the offense has to find a way to neutralize that defensive threat because for some reason, the Raiders defense always plays good against the Broncos offense. I'm not sure why. They can't play good against anybody else besides Denver. I know. Isn't that such a bummer? I hate that the Broncos have become sort of a get right team for for other teams that's the worst that's the worst feeling in the world is watching that happen it's like man all the stats say we should be doing this against this team we're doing the exact opposite that was what it was like in last year's game in las vegas when we're thinking man this could be a real opportunity for drew lock to do some good things against this las vegas defense and then i think at that point they had no interceptions or something like that on the season or maybe like one or two it, it was a crazy statistic and then all of a sudden they get four picks off drew lock in one game so not the not the best uh most memorable in a good way thing but this time around cody i think you're spot on with this point that we talked about before the show the offensive line has to fix those issues against power defensive linemen they just got bullied against the Cincinnati Bengals to me and I think you're right that's that's an interesting comparison that you talk about with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game from last year you remember Vita Vea just absolutely oh. eating Lloyd Cushenberry I mean alive out there it was tough to watch I don't know that the Raiders necessarily have a guy that can line up over the you know over the zero or the one technique like you mentioned and just absolutely blast Lloyd Cushenberry away but the Broncos are going to have to maybe do a little bit better in terms of helping him out and communicating because those communication issues and those those a gap blitzes by the inside linebackers to me that opened things up to confuse the Broncos offensive line when they would show those a gap blitzes and then send somebody else or do kind of like a stunt type of thing so that type of stuff has to be corrected. Javante Williams, by the way, even with the offensive line issues, man, he he might have been the best offensive lineman in the game. <laughs> he was blocking his his butt off. So that was fun to watch. But you don't necessarily want your running back making the best blocks in the game. And, you know, and so I think against the Raiders, it's going to be up to Bobby Massey and Garrett Bowles to really have a bounce back game. Those guys kind of got their butts kicked against Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, and then on the interior, DJ Reader really had his way against Denver 
Denver's offensive line. So I feel like this, this is an opportunity. It's kind of a good thing that, that happens to you. You get your butt kicked. Then you come back against the Raiders and you say, all right, what do we have to do to correct it? I think they have a real opportunity here to kind of correct things, get back on the right track, kind of play with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. I would love to see a lot more 13 personnel where you have two tight ends that are down on the line of scrimmage, one guy offset as a wing that you can motion left to right, extra protection on the backside. And I remember the Broncos last season on the road actually did that. There were times where Noah Fant would be lined up as the wing and they'd be in 13 personnel and then they would bring him back underneath to help out with Garrett Bowles or they'd bring him, they'd line him up on the left side where Garrett is, bring him back to the right side to help out at right tackle against a guy like Max Crosby. I don't necessarily want that to be Noah Fant. You can use Eric Sobert for that type of thing while you have Albert O and Noah Fant down with their hands in the dirt, in line, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, you have to factor in who's eligible, who's ineligible. Uh, you know, you have to factor that away. But I think we're going to see some more play action for this Broncos team. But extra protection helps. Why not give Drew Locke that extra protection? He can test the ball downfield. And, and look, you have nothing to lose, as we said in yesterday's episode of the show. But you have to find a way to avoid those big plays from happening. And I think the offensive line, look, it's going to be a huge week, like you mentioned, for Garrett Bulls, Bobby Massey. They need a bounce-back game in the biggest way. And also, Lloyd Cushingberry needs a bounce-back game. So the spotlight in the trenches is going to be on those guys, Sarah. And look, we're going to talk with your boy Q, host of Lockdown Raiders, a little bit later on this week as we preview this matchup. You can get that, obviously, on Thursday's episode of the show. You can get it in a Wednesday preview on the YouTube channel, Lockdown Broncos. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in today's episode of Lockdown Broncos with Sarah Bettinger and myself. We love talking Broncos football with you all year long. And look, a big week ahead for this Broncos football team, 7-7. Seven and seven. I know that the wins, the losses, it's been a sporadic season, but you know what? Three games remain. Go out there and fight against your AFC West division rivals and prove a point and make a statement going into next season. That's the only thing the Broncos could do at this point in time. But we're going to be here the entire way to keep you covered. The Lockdown Broncos Podcast, Sarah Benger and myself. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.